1: It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. You
0: know, not a bad day on the way again today. Maybe not as warm as it was yesterday, but we'll have partly sunny skies. Looks like we'll top out around 42 degrees tonight, down to 28. Tomorrow, sunshine and 40 degrees. Saturday, sunshine and 38. Honestly, I don't see any precipitation in the forecast for at least another 10 days. I'm sure some of you going to start wondering, will we see a white Christmas? Talk a little- Little bit more about that with our man Stumach. He joins us with our Ag Weather Update in about
2: 15 minutes. It's that time of the year in Wisconsin. The temperatures have dropped and you are wearing long johns and bib overalls 24-7. Spice things up at the house or the barn and deck the farm with the Midwest Farm Report. All you have to do is decorate your farm with any Christmas lights or decorations you've got lying around. Take a picture of your holiday bonanza and send it to us in exchange for a coupon redeemable for a free gallon of milk from Quick Trip while supplies last. Log on to the farmwi.com to get more details and deck the farm this December.
3: Hey, there goes one. The annual holiday is over. The nine-day deer hunt in Wisconsin is all wrapped up. Time to put the numbers to it. And this is Bob Bosal at the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And I saw some pictures of some tremendous bucks. So the taxidermists are going to be busy. Josh, is uh, that the number you got that it was a pretty good season?
4: Well, how about this? It was definitely better than last year, and we knew that from the opening weekend numbers, but just to step back a couple years, so 2018 was actually a really good deer harvest, and then in 2019, there were about 53,000 less deer harvested in the entire state for a few reasons. We all know the harvest was bad last year, so there was a lot of standing crop. The deer could be five feet in front of you. You wouldn't even know. There was poor weather, which was probably the biggest contributing factor, and it was a later nine-day gun season. So this year, We're hoping that things were way better because we had better weather. The harvest was actually, or excuse me, the harvest was way better. And then it was an earlier season. So I spoke with Eric Lobner, the director of wildlife management with the Wisconsin DNR. And he told me how it went.
5: 188,712.
4: 188,712 deer were harvested in the state of Wisconsin during the nine day gun hunt. Eric, what was your initial reaction to seeing those numbers?
5: Well, I'll tell you, I was a little bit of a sigh of relief following last year's numbers uh, when we saw a double digit uh, 25% ish declines in our total harvest. It was nice to see an increase. You know, it, on the surface, it looks good and it's nice to see those kinds of numbers. But I will say there are certainly areas of the state where overall harvest continues to be struggling a little bit, you know, specifically in northern Wisconsin. So I would say generally we're looking good. I'm glad to see the rebound this year but certainly we have some work to do in some other uh, parts of the state as we look at where the population is at.
4: Let's dive into that a little bit more, because I was going to ask you if a certain region of the state was seeing more success than another, and based on what you just said, obviously that's the case.
5: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we continue to see struggles in the northern uh, forest zone. So those are the areas, northern Wisconsin specifically, there were a number of units that, um, well, when you look at the nine-day numbers, they continue to see a decrease over last year. And so, again, as you think about that, when last year's numbers were decline, now having a second year of decline, the numbers don't look real good. You know, specifically Ashland, Florence, Forest, Iron, Lincoln, Marinette, and Price counties saw a decline in their overall gun harvest. Now, don't, don't worry a whole lot, though, from gun harvest, because when you take into consideration the archery harvest, It looks like their numbers are going to be similar to last year, but again, that's looking at a season that saw about a 25% decline. So certainly not where we'd like them to be, but um, those, those units really are ones that we're keeping a close eye on. Areas that are the opposite of that, we saw some pretty tremendous response in the southern farmland and some units in the central farmland. Significant increases, um, 24% increase in antlers harvest in the southern farmland zone. And in the um, central farmland zone, we saw about a 17% increase in antlers harvest.
4: That southern part of the state where you're seeing all that success, that'd be like Lafayette, Iowa, Grant counties, that area?
5: Yep, you got it from about Columbia County south to the state line and from the Mississippi River to Lake Michigan. That's pretty much the the southern farmland zone.
4: This is a better story to tell than last year's story, because last year it was what went wrong for hunters. Why was the harvest down so much? And the biggest reasons were, number one, weather. Number two, it was a later season. And then number three, there was a lot of standing crop. We had a really poor harvest in 2019. But this year we get to turn that on its head, and I would ask you what went right for hunters this year.
5: Well, I would say when you look at the weather that we had this year, the only thing that would have made it any better was if we would have had snow on the ground because the weather conditions, starting out the mornings right around 20, 25 degrees, warming up to right around 40, I mean, that's pretty nice temperatures to be able to sit out there and go deer hunting. Like I said, it made it somewhat tough, though, because in the same breath, everything was brown. And so to see deer, I heard from many hunters, myself included, that you you would hear deer before you'd see them because of the backdrop. You just couldn't really see it very well. You know, in addition to that, we also had um, corn harvest. Last year, corn harvest was right around 45-ish percent harvested. This year, we were up over 92 percent. By the end of the season, we were up over 95 percent of our corn had been harvested. So that makes for great conditions where the deer aren't able to hide in that corn. And as a result, they're into more of those woodlots where the hunters are also uh, located. In addition to that, you know, we didn't have flood conditions. You think of last year. We had a heavy snow event. Um, Some locations in northern Wisconsin got over a foot. Contrary to that, in the south, we had locations where they had over an inch plus of rain opening weekend. And anytime you have those rather significant weather events on opening weekend, it's very difficult to make up your harvest because the number of hunters that pretty much just hunt opening weekend, it, it really declines the hunter effort as you get later into the season. And so it makes it really difficult to make up those numbers. You know, in addition to that, we did not have then really, there were wet conditions in, in some parts of the state, but you look at the overall ag uh, statistics and the data is indicating that there's not real um, saturated soils conditions in the vast majority of the state. So that means that hunters could get into those wetlands that in previous years maybe they weren't able to do. So all in all, the conditions were pretty darn nice this year.
4: The Director of Wildlife Management with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources is along with us, Eric Lobner. So, Eric, I want to give you a loaded question, but I want to kind of break it down like this. So, in 2018, Wisconsin had an incredibly huge gun hunt. There was about 213,000 deer harvested. In 2019, we saw a huge drop, and there was about 160,000 deer harvested. This year, in 2020, we are beginning to bounce back as folks were able to harvest 188 thousand deer. So does that mean that next year the DNR expects the harvest to get back to that 2018 level?
5: Well, you know, that's a really good question to ask Um, because when you look at the total harvest, so let's take into consideration what's happening with the hunters' participation. So this year we saw about a 17% increase in both buck and doe harvest during the archery season. Now we've seen an increase again with during the nine-day gun deer season. So right now, we're looking at about 305,000 deer have been harvested as of the last day of the nine gu- nine-day gun deer season. That means all seasons leading up to that point, the archery season is, and crossbow season as well as uh, nine-day gun. So although our numbers during our nine-day gun deer season and then the nine-day gun deer season is still a big thing here in Wisconsin, and I think it always will be, we also need to be conscious that Hunter participation and activity and selectivity of when they get out and hunt and how they get out and hunt is changing. So we can't focus a whole lot of effort on the numbers specific for the nine-day as we continue to move forward into the future because clearly there's been a change in hunter selectivity. Looking at the total deer harvest at the end of the year is the most critical point to look at. Now, do we want to get back to the point where, you know, if you really go back and look at high numbers back in 2000-ish time frame, yeah, do we want to get to those numbers? Uh, I don't know. Um, There are certain areas of the state where I would say definitely not because at that point there were locations where we were seeing significant agricultural damage, we were seeing significant forest damage, and we don't necessarily want to get back to those those locations those points in time when we had an overabundant deer herd, especially with if, if numbers. This year we had a good response and good turnaround in the number of licensed sales, but over time we've been seeing a general decline about a percent to 2% a year. Well, if you have fewer hunters out there and your deer population is higher, statistics show that the average hunter will harvest about 1.4 deer per year. And so, If you have fewer hunters and a higher deer herd, you may get to a point, at some point down the road, you may get to a point where it would be very difficult to manage that deer herd with the number of hunters that you have pursuing them.
4: After this deer hunt and going forward, what is the deer herd, the state's deer herd, looking like right now? And what are you hoping it looks like in the next, say, five to ten years?
5: Yeah, so right now it's a little bit too early to tell exactly what the deer herd looks like until we can get all of our metrics in, specifically our harvest data, look at our car kill deer data for this fall, look at our um, forest metrics, which is basically browse index. Get a rule. That gives us a real good idea of what the herd is looking like. Certainly, harvest data is a big part of that. I would say, you know, clearly looking at some of the areas of the state and some of the information that we've received, yeah, we need to rebuild the populations in some of the northern units. Southern units, we may need to take a little bit stronger look at how we more effectively manage that and um, potentially work to figure out ways to encourage additional harvest. So looking five years down the road, you know, yeah, we've got some rebuilding to do in some northern areas. We've got some more intensive management to bring that deer herd down a little bit in other parts of the states, specifically the south.
4: See, that's why we bring you on, to break things down like you did. Thank you for that explanation, because that kind of peels back the curtain and lets us know how the DNR is feeling about this. Uh, and then finally, before I let you go, we'll end on a positive note. It seems like license sales were really up this year.
5: When you look at overall license sales this year, considering all license types, whether you're talking archery, crossbow, patron, sports, and gun deer licenses, we're up about 3.5% some really great information in there as well. Um, This year, the number of female hunters increased by a little over 12%, and accounted for female hunters now account for a little over 11% of all deer licensed purchasers. So, I mean, that's some great information. Certainly, you see that response. Anytime there's a decline in the um, economy here in, in this nation, or specifically Wisconsin, you see an increase in hunter License sales, so this is great to see. Certainly, there's some sort of driver there from, I would say, the pandemic. Whether it's the economic downturn, people either underemployed or unemployed are choosing to pick up a uh, hunting license and get out to either for their own peace of mind to have a little escape, or to put a sustainable, you know, organic food source, a protein source, on their table. So either way, it's causing them to get out and want to enjoy the natural resources here in the
4: state. Eric Lobner, he is the Director of Wildlife Management for the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. Overall, they are pleased with how the 2020 nine-day gun hunt went. The total number of deer harvested in the state this year is 188,712. If you would like to see the full breakdown of region by region and antler versus antlerless harvest, you can find those details by going to MidwestFarmReport.com. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh
1: scramlin This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonkey.
0: Hi, I'm Julie Bowen for the March of Dimes, asking you
6: to help save premature babies. As a mother of three healthy boys, it makes me sad to think that more than a million babies around the world die every year because they're
0: born too soon, and that our country has one of the highest rates of infant death of any developed country. Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchOfDimes.com to find out how you can make a difference in your community and around the world.
1: Your business thrive with integrated marketing solutions. Putting you top of mind, get your sales growth in motion with Midwest Family. Systematic solution for measurable marketing results. Midwest Family. Midwest Family.
6: There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold diamonds
1: Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report
0: with Pam Youngke. Yeah, and this update focuses in on the pretty mild weather that we're continuing to enjoy for already the third day of December. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live. Yeah, you know, yesterday you just about had to pinch yourself. I mean, uh, I actually got lightheaded. I had too many clothes on, went in the backyard to throw for the chubby little Shelties and was just wearing a sweater. It was gorgeous yesterday. It doesn't sound like it's going to be far off the mark today. Hey.
3: no, no, above normal, no doubt about it, maybe a couple degrees cooler, i'm that's about the most we have to talk about because there are going to be a few changes. Number one, we start out with some clouds this morning. That's held temperatures up overnight, a much more mild start today than we saw yesterday. And I think everybody who's been out already this morning knows that. But there is still low pressure off in the northeast part of the U.S., still precipitation there, snow in Kansas, rain in southern Missouri, down to the Gulf of Mexico. That activity will pull a bit further east as well. And we stay fairly dry. But then a cool front, a very weak and dry cool front, drops through here tomorrow. What that'll do is drop those temperatures down a bit. A little cooler Friday, even a little cooler Saturday. Still above normal but not as fire above as we were yesterday or even today. Still doesn't sound to be too terrible and will stay dry. And then, in fact, those temps turn around. Looking toward next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we most likely talk about daytime highs heading back up into the 40s like we saw yesterday and should see close today. I'll have forecast details right after this.
0: Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com.
6: A history of success means proven performance, but let's call performance what it is, profitability. And boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb Brand Corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb Brand Corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM more applicable, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
0: All righty, Stu, paint the picture for us today. Looks not too bad from my vantage point.
3: Not too bad. Some morning clouds, and I really expect through the day, sunshine will return. You might even need sunglasses again by late afternoon. Temps in the very upper 30s and low 40s. And the west winds about 5 to 10. Now, overnight we stay clear. It doesn't get all that cold either. Mid 20s with the west winds at 5 to 15. Sunny on Friday. That's that day that front drops through. Upper 30s. West winds become north in the day at about 5 to 10. That north wind does cool it off a bit. Sunny Saturday. Mid 30s. Maybe an upper 30 at lacrosse. north winds at 5. Still with sunshine. Upper 30s Sunday, Pam. And by Tuesday, Wednesday, I'd expect to be back in the 40s with sunshine.
0: Wow, that is just outstanding. I can't tell you how happy it makes me that my snowblower has not moved at all yet.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and the the thermostat hasn't had to work real hard in the house.
0: No, very true. Yesterday, I actually cracked a window for just a little bit of fresh air while we can still stand it. Oh, yes. All right, man. Catch you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. Have a great day. Stumak, our Ag Meteorologist with the weather details that you definitely got to be looking forward to on a day like this. Hey, uh, this moderate weather, has it given you an opportunity to do a little bit more holiday decorating around the farm? Well, listen up. We would love for you to snap a picture of your holiday decorations and send it to us. We want to share it with everybody. Get a little holiday spirit cooking out there. Uh, snap that picture and send it to us. Farm at midwestfarmreport.com. We'll share it with everybody and get you a free gallon of milk courtesy of Quick Trip while supplies last.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
2: I never thought I could afford health insurance, but I just signed up and I was surprised that it was so affordable. I found a local nonprofit with licensed experts that helped me find low-cost options and explain how my plan works. They made it easy and didn't charge me. I just wish I wouldn't have waited so long to get covered.
1: Call the two one one helpline today and ask for health insurance help before December 15th or go to wiscovered.com to learn more about your options here in Wisconsin. Paid for by Covering Wisconsin. Educated mortgage the smartest way home. Call Dan- the
6: mortgage man. Believe it or not, interest rates are the lowest in history and now is the time to refinance. If you want to save some money on your mortgage every month, it's very quick and easy. Allow me to show you all of your options. Just give me a call and we'll get the process started.
1: Educated mortgage
0: is way
6: home. Call Dan, the mortgage man. NMLS number 222-652. Say, have you
0: heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com.
1: A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau.
7: The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are
6: more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental toilet? Contact your
7: friends at Benjamin Plumbing.
4: Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com
2: Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing.
7: Unlike asphalt shingles, which need warm weather to be installed properly, metal roofs can be installed throughout the winter in all kinds of cold weather.
2: Contact us and get on our calendar as soon as you can. We'll help you plan for a beautiful metal roof. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta metal roof. S-W-I-T-A, metalroofing.com.
1: Sweeta metal roofing, the last roof you'll ever need.
2: Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A Skincare Minute with Skincare Expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsalkprairie.com. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage.
8: I am responsible for a
0: child's speech impediment.
2: I am the reason a child can't read. Just because
0: you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to LeadFreeKids.org or call 800-424-LEAD.
6: Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council.
8: After watching that Badger game, because it was so exciting, you know, I was like up all night thinking about that and the McRib being back today.
7: Well, luckily it was an earlier start time, so I didn't really have to. You know, I was able to cool down before that uh, <laughs> time. But yeah, it was uh, it was quite the exciting exciting game. I think it went from what was it eleven to or like seven to four or something like that, like halfway through the first half. No, I was it, it was a little tough to watch at the beginning, but. Wisconsin and Wisconsin turned it on, and it turned into a forty-point blowout.
8: Well, that was my thing. I was like watching the first what, like ten minutes of it, and there's you know Tyler Walls like traveling. There's turnovers. No one can hit the broadside of a barn. And I'm like, oh my god, is has, has Will Ryan figured out the Badgers, and he's stifling them? Well, then they can't do anything either. And then the the floodgates opened. Well, Zach, I mean, in that ten minutes of you know them not really be able to hit a shot but then the route was on is that something we should be concerned about about the badgers or is it just like yo dude it's it's green bay they won by 40 points let's pump the brakes
7: i would say the first i mean the the shot selection by wisconsin early on was less than ideal and greg guard mentioned as much afterwards but yes starting one for six he had four turnovers including those those two uh travels by tyler wall i mean it was it was an ugly first 10 minutes of the game and then they started playing a little bit uh, even better on defense than they had been earlier and it, it led to an offense that uh, started to explode get even more open shots and they started going down and that's that's what led into I think they finished the half on a 19 to 4 run and it uh, led into the second half but it, it started with their defense you know I mean I I, I wouldn't you Wisconsin you're always worried because you've seen them go into extended droughts on offense through through the years but uh, they they seem to be bought in on defense, and once they do that, it kind of helps them offensively.
8: Yeah, definitely. And that spark. I mean, I know Tyler. It was a Tyler Wall game per se. But I mean, everyone was having a pretty good game. I, was it Brad Davison that started the initial spark for the Badgers there to start that nineteen to four run?
7: I would say it was Tyler Wall. Um, obviously, he did have those those two uh, travels. Greg brought him out and then put him back in, and he was the difference, man. I mean, eleven points. 15 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, two steals. And the 15 rebounds is even more amazing when you consider he had one rebound in his first two games combined. So he, he admitted that he kind of had to focus on that. But, yeah, you need a guy like Tyler Wall in that environment where there's no fans and you're just trying to find some way to, to get your team going. And, and his hustle and his hard play certainly was uh, that led to it. I mean, they had a, he wasn't the only one. I mean, I think, obviously, uh, uh, Trevor Anderson, was was certainly a part of that. And so, yeah, Brad Davison was always going to give you that, that energy and that hustle, but it was Tyler Wall off the bench that I thought got them going.
8: Yeah, definitely. Looking around, Zach, of this team, I mean, the the, the starting five, incredible of just experience and seniority, obviously. Um, Cole Center, different vibe, obviously. It's, you know, COVID-19, no fans in the stands. When it comes to uh, the Badgers and having that home court advantage, I saw Duke lose to Michigan State at home last night. You know, usually the Cameron craziers are going nuts. Uh, for any opposing team in there, that uh, do the players talk? And, great guard, do they talk about no fans in the stands? Is it weird for them? Is it you know, Can they still rely on the Col Center being a home court advantage or just they got to trust their game? Do they talk about it?
7: Yeah, I think they found that it's not going to be the case this year. Uh, there's not going to be home court advantage outside of being able to shoot on your own rims and, you know, come out of your own locker room and that kind of thing. Otherwise, there's, there's not going to be a home court advantage uh, in most places. Uh, certainly in the Big Ten, where you're not going to have you're going to have families in some places, but that's the extent of it. Mm-hmm. Um, at Wisconsin, that's not the case. We when can't get Demetrius.
8: We can't go to the, get Demetrius Trice's mom out there to start yelling at
7: everyone. When they go to Michigan State, maybe yeah. Uh, <laughs> when they go to Michigan State later, this what is it? Uh, Later this month, perhaps I think Michigan State that might be a possibility. I'm not sure. I'm not sure around the conference who's who's allowing yeah. uh, families in or not. But yeah. yeah, that's a possibility, right? You get that little screech going on during free throws. <laughs> so I think Michigan State fans probably or Michigan State players probably used to it because they had um, Travis Trice there for forever. Uh, right. Who uh, she also did that with. But uh, I mean, it, it, it's not going to be that way. I and mean, you know, uh, I think quite honestly, I think that kind of benefits Wisconsin. I, I don't think the Cole Center. In most, on most nights is a tough place to play in terms of the crowd. I mean, for the big games, for the big games it is, like Michigan, when Michigan State comes to town or a highly ranked Purdue comes to town, or you know any ranked team that comes to town, it, it, it becomes a tough place to play. But in, in general, I think we can all admit that the, the crowd is, is is usually not exactly hyped up and ready to go every night. Yeah. but
8: a lot of hands when Wisconsin,
7: when Wisconsin goes on the road. And say if there are, I mean, can you imagine the environment on Friday night if Wisconsin goes in there as the number four team in the country?
1: If she's not milking the cows, she's talking about them. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Not
0: a bad day on the way today. A lot of sunshine, a little cooler than yesterday. We'll have 42 as our expected high. Overnight lows down to 28. Dry again tomorrow with sunshine and 40 degrees. Saturday, dry and 38. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from Landmark Services' Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So, a couple different television-related items for you. On this day in history, back in 1952, the very first television broadcast was seen in Hawaii. On this date, 1952. And right here in Wisconsin on this day, in 1947, WTMJ-TV out of Milwaukee, became the first Wisconsin television station that was established. In fact, it was the 17th television station in the nation and the first in the Midwest. So there you go, just a little something for you. Hey, I don't want you to forget about the holiday season and celebrating. We want to celebrate with you. Have you had a little extra time to decorate around the farm this year because of the moderate weather? Well, show us. We are now collecting your holiday pictures, pictures of your holiday decorations around the farm. When uh, we receive those pictures, we're going to share them on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and MidwestFarmReport.com. And for your efforts, we'll send you a free certificate for a gallon of milk courtesy of Quick Trip while supplies last. So snap a picture of your holiday decorations and share it with us. Email it, farm at midwestfarmreport.com. Again, email it to farm at midwestfarmreport.com, and we'll share it with everybody and give you that uh, gallon of free milk courtesy of Quick Trip. Let's keep you in the holiday spirit despite the challenges that we're facing Well, I'll tell you what, these challenges are not stopping our Friends with the Outstanding Young Farmer Awards Weekend. It is still on, coming up the third weekend in January, and it's going to Nina. Cindy Matten is one of the coordinators for Wisconsin's Outstanding Young Farmer program, and she said yes, they are going forward with their face-to-face conference.
2: Uh, Currently, we are planning to go forward with our conference at the end of January. We've been working with our hotel in Nina, which is the Best Western Premier Bridgewood Resort Hotel, in doing everything we can um, for social distancing and um, keeping up with cleanliness and such. So we are planning on going forward with our event at this time.
0: Well, that is wonderful news because contrary to what Wisconsin's thinking about, uh, that's not been the situation for the national gathering. Tell me about that update.
2: Correct. Our national gathering was going to take place this coming February in Appleton. Um, however, we did decide to pull back on that and um, because of the, the situation and a larger group of people flying in and the uncertainty of what's going on. Um, but it, what they will do is combine the 2021 top ten with the 2022 Top 10 for the National, um, which will take place then in Hilton Head Island, um, South Carolina, come um, February of 2022.
0: Hmm. All right. Now, tell me how this has all impacted the planning, the involvement, the enthusiasm for the 2021 show. Cindy, I know that you've got a lot of diligent volunteers that stick with it no matter what, but this has kind of put a whole different spin on things, hasn't it?
2: it most certainly has the one driving force behind this is we as a committee recognize the fact that our farmers are the backbone of everything in this country when it comes to food and and keeping keeping everybody going they are having some of the hardest times um with things going on right now that we really need to recognize and praise them for what they're doing and, and keeping up with, with the work. Um we've seen multitudes of farms close down and and shut up forces or change their business plans over the past couple of years due to, you know, economic situations. But the but COVID certainly has um, enhanced things just a little bit more at this time.
0: Right, right. Now, obviously, one of the goals of the Wisconsin Outstanding Young Farmer Group is to reach out to those that uh, haven't received recognition. How are the submissions for the 2021 candidates going? Cindy, maybe give us a, a little of a rundown on what ideal candidates look like and how much time they've got.
2: Well, our age scores for our... recognizing farmers is age 21 through 40, and it can be 40 up through January 1st of 2021. So that's the age group that we're looking at. Um, We like our farmers to, you know, be involved in their communities and, you know, advocate for themselves and for farming in general to um, let people know where their food comes from. So those are the types of things that we look for. Um, When it comes to our application status, we are still taking applications through the early part of December. But in order to get names to us, we would like to receive those within the next week or so um, so that we can work with the qualified candidates to um, be able to recognize them for this program.
0: Now, what do they have? What kind of skill set or what kinds of qualities do you have the group looking for in their candidates?
2: Well, one of the things we look at is um, any improvements or um, things that they've done to their farms. We also look for people who are um, doing conservation um, improvements to the land um, and things like that, as well as their involvement with with, with community. So, you know, those are kind of the three general areas that we look at. And we know farmers nowadays have to be very creative and think outside of the box for almost everything that they do. So I would say that 99% of our farmers would qualify for, for this, providing they meet that um, two-thirds income coming from the farm.
0: And then tell them a little bit about what happens once they've basically gotten qualified. Uh everyone will come together in Nina, but the the conversations don't stop there, right Cindy?
2: Oh my gosh, no. Um when they get to Nina, we actually let them tell their story to the judges, and um, then we recognize people. While we're at the event, we actually do tours of the area, too, and take them around to generally to local um, venues in, in the area that we're having our um, awards banquet. However, this year, we've had to think outside the box for that, too, as most businesses are not allowing in groups of people for tours. So we have... Um, worked with um, Homestead Meadows Farm with Steve Nagy, the owner, and um, this particular farm is one of Wisconsin's uh, original and most popular farm-themed event venues, and it's located just outside of Appleton. They have allowed us to come in for our tours on that Saturday, the 23rd, and we will have virtual tours or people coming from businesses, and demonstrating their products for us instead of actually going from location to location.
0: So a few adjustments for sure, but they are still planning on their face-to-face get-together for the 67th Annual Wisconsin Outstanding Young Farmer Awards Weekend, January 22nd through the 24th in MENA. And Cindy Matton, who you just heard from, is still collecting your nominations of Outstanding Young Farmers and Farm Couples from across the state. Find out more details on how you can submit your resume or a resume of a farmer you know. dash. O-Y-F dot O-R-G, W-I dash O-Y-F dot O-R-G. Zach Bowers from Rice Dairy down in Chicago, now known as Ever Egg, is going to be joining us in just a moment to talk markets. What I can tell you, an overnight trade is December corns currently a penny and a half higher at 4.20. March corns up a half at 4.24. We've got January soybeans nearly six cents stronger at 11.58. With the July wheat, that's currently trading down a penny at 5.89 a bushel. Barrel cheese yesterday dropped three quarters of a cent to 140 and a half. Forty-pound block cheese. Dropped another four and a quarter cents at one fifty-seven and three quarters, while double A butter gained four and three quarters cents at a dollar forty-five and three quarters per pound. The December milk right now trading a nickel lower overnight at fifteen fourteen a hundred weight. January milk's down seven at fifteen fifty seven a hundred weight. So what is happening with our markets? We're going to talk about that next with our friend Zach Bowers from Ever Egg, joining us live from Chicago next. <music>
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngkey.
7: Johnson Tractor has new Case IH equipment on hand ready for immediate delivery.
5: And 0% financing makes it really easy. Find year-end savings on in-stock Case IH combines, tractors, and planters. Johnson Tractor will sweeten the deal when you trade in your current unit. Call Johnson Tractor today and find yourself in a new Case IH for a great price. Johnson Tractor, Janesville and Judah.
3: Johnson Tractor, from land to lawn.
1: At Tom's
9: Auto Center, we're known for being upfront with our auto repairs
3: and name brand new tires. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Goodyear,
9: Firestone, Brigstone, Michelin, BF Goodrich, Continental, and Kelly Tires. We
3: carry and install
9: them all. When you need new tires, Tom's Auto Center will make sure you leave happy.
1: Tom's Auto Center.
5: Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's.
7: If you came across a child struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you recognize a 13-year-old boy who gets into fights at school school, not because he's a boy,
3: but because he's hungry?
7: Or a 2-year-old girl who cries all night not Not because she's sick, sick, but because she went to bed without enough to eat? Or maybe a 9-year-old boy who hopes a friend invites him to sleepover? sleepover Not for fun, just so we can have dinner. Or a 15-year-old girl who goes for walks over lunch so her friends won't know she doesn't have anything to eat. I am the one in seven American children who struggle with hunger.
2: Kids you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am child hunger in America.
1: Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org brought to you by feeding america 200 food banks strong you could go to chicago to hear about the board of trade but isn't it easier to listen to pam yonke this is the Midwest Farm Report with
0: Pam Youngke. Oh yeah, talk about the Chicago Board of Trade. It's got to be a little weird down in Chicago. Uh, so many things not happening because of uh, the pandemic, and that includes a lot of that face-to-face uh, trading that we'd otherwise expect. Joining us this morning to give us uh, insights on what's happening in the marketplace, Zach Bauer from Rice Dairy LLC down in Chicago, now known as Ever Egg. Thanks for checking in, Zach. So let's uh, keep focused on dairy. Uh, a lot of our producers have been watching really the disintegration of the cheese price and the fluid milk contracts, Uh, it's not just about what's happening in the United States. It's kind of that global perspective on production, isn't it?
9: Yeah, good morning, Pam. Thanks for having me. And yeah, it it really is. Um, And as we walk into our, you know, seasonal uh, fluid milk push, uh, we walk into the flush of the year, you know, other countries are as well, too. Um, and then you'd look at the facts that, you know, the economy is still shut down at the moment. And government uh, support from the food box program is pretty much expired at this point. Uh, the, the final little round that they ended up pushing out ended in December. Um, and that means most of the cheese purchase for food box has already happened. There might be a little bit left, but at this moment... It doesn't feel like there's a lot of that out there, in which case uh, we were the most expensive cheese price in the world by a long shot, Um, and in about a matter of a week, week and a half, they actually made us the cheapest, Um, which is somewhat exciting for the fact that hopefully this break um, should be over. We should catch some support here, as now we're the cheapest in the world. Um, We saw the global dairy trade auction out of New Zealand this week. It's an auction that happens every other week, um, and their auction was actually up. So they actually had cheese finished higher, uh, which once again created a larger gap between their price and ours. Uh, they're at about 170 cheese price, um, so that makes us very attractive on, on a global scale for exports. So we figure we should see some exports come in. We should see some, some aging programs for cheese come in, um, and that could really help catch some support here in this market. Um, and then on top of that, you're actually seeing something that doesn't directly affect the uh, Wisconsin dairy farmer, but indirectly is the Class 4 price. You know, we're seeing uh, skim milk powder um, out of New Zealand um, run higher, whole milk powder run higher, which is pushing our butter price higher and our non-fat price higher, uh, which is great to see that if we can get, you know, those Class 4 prices off of those $13, $14 lows we've seen all year, Um, We can push more milk into those plants, pulling from cheese plants, which helps support the cheese price. Um, And overall, if Class 4 is over Class 3, that actually could create a positive PPD. Um, something that I know would be very welcome to Cross America after a, a year like this.
3: Boy, you hit
0: so that one. It, on the it, head there head. Is,
9: yeah. is some exciting things out there yet, right?
0: Yeah, that that's wonderful to hear that possibility. Um, now, if we get through the holiday season, Zach, I'm kind of curious, when you look at first quarter 2021, what elements are you kind of keeping an eye on there?
9: Yeah, going into first quarter, the big ones you're going to want to watch is continue to watch milk production across the U.S. Uh, we've seen that running at about two, two and a half percent higher month over month or month year over year. Uh, we continue to see that. We can, if we continue to see cold storage report showing builds um, in cheese, uh, that's uh, something that could bode negatively to the, the cheese price, especially with a new cheese plant in Michigan. Um, at, a, at the moment, sounds like it is actually producing some pretty good cheese out of it. And by come May, they're planning to run a uh, full bore at 8 million pounds of milk a day. So those are the things we're really keeping an eye on. Um, and then as well as, I mean, you got to keep an eye on the government at this point, too. After a year like this, they're, they're still in talks with stimulus. Um, you know, last we saw the stimulus package that they're, they're proposing had $26 billion in it for nutrition. And agricultural assistance, how that looks, is yet to be seen. Um, but to count on something like a food box happening again, I think is foolish. But to bank on it is foolish as well, too. Yeah. So th- those are the things um, we're definitely keeping an eye on um, and uh, walking into New yeah. and, and with that, I just want to plug here quick something. For everybody listening, uh, dairy margin coverage, this is through your FSA office. This is not through your broker, not through your insurance agent. This is only through your government FSA. Um, deadline for sign-up is next Friday, the 11th. Uh, this is a program that everybody should be doing. It's a, it's a milk minus feed program. Um, everybody should get their first 5 million pounds for the year locked up at that 9.5 tier, and then everything else after that, look for the 4 to 5.5 tier, um just depending on how much you were willing to spend. But you know, this is a program that typically is really strong coverage and going into next year, uh if milk prices stay where they're at and grain prices stay where they're at, you could be looking at some significant payouts. So something I really want to encourage everybody out there to get signed up for.
0: Yeah, and and her, you know historically Wisconsin's had uh, pretty good signups, but uh, as you point out, uh, I think right now Zach, a lot of dairy farmers are really pinching pennies, and you don't want to be, as mm-hmm. they say, you know, uh, penny wise pound foolish.
9: Yep, exactly, exactly. It's average premium cost about fifteen cents a hundred, but over the last ten years, it's paid out about on average a dollar thirty. Uh, Pretty strong return on your investment there, and especially if we see grain prices continue to stay where they're at, um, should be some very strong coverage going into next year with, with that on.
0: Excellent. Zach Bowers along with us this morning. He is just one of the brokers that is a part of Rice Dairy down in Chicago, now a part of the new Ever Egg team. And if you want to find Zach, you can find him online at ricedairy.com, and that will take you to the brand-new developing Ever Egg website. Zach Bowers along with us. And uh, like we said, Zach, just kind of keep an eye on uh, what's happening with uh, the international movement on those prices, and keep our fingers mm-hmm. crossed that holiday purchases still remain robust despite the pandemic.
9: Exactly. That's correct. Yep.
0: All right. Good Good deal, man. We will catch up with you probably in about a month. All right, Zach?
9: All right. Sounds like a plan. Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. Zach Bowers, again, along with us live uh, this morning from Rice Dairy down in Chicago. They are a partner with uh, the folks down at uh, Commodity Risk Management Group in Platteville, now all under one umbrella, that is uh, Ever egg, And like I said, you do not want to miss your opportunity, dairy producers, to sign up for the dairy margin coverage, DMC, that's available at your county farm service agency office until Friday of next week. Uh, It does take a little time to get your production records pulled together, some of that your FSA may already have online, but if you've been a part of the program, maybe you bowed out or didn't get involved, now is really a critical time to review those numbers and uh, really think long and hard about getting back into it. Like Zach says, uh, historically it has returned your investment uh, and then some, and not knowing how long the pandemic is going to drag into these markets and what's going to continue to develop as far as international policy, hearing this morning that uh, Uh, President-elect Biden is not planning on pulling off any tariffs that are already in place. Uh, You need to be proactive and try to get the risk management tools in place you can. You can find out more about these kinds of stories and re-listen to my conversation with Zach and the rest of our folks this morning. As always, available online at midwestfarmreport.com. Get signed up for our daily e-newsletter while you're there.